welcome to the Utah Women in Leadership podcast. The core mission of the Utah Women in Leadership Project is to strengthen the impact of Utah girls and women, and this podcast helps us do that. I'm Dr. Susan Madsen, Karen Haight Huntsman Endowed Professor of Leadership in the John M. Huntsman School of Business at Utah State University, and I'm also the founding director of the Utah Women in Leadership Project. And recently, the Utah Women in Leadership Project and the Governor's Office of Economic Opportunity have worked together on an inspiring initiative to identify and highlight 100 Utah companies that do a great job of championing women. So earlier this year, I interviewed leaders of eight companies on their policies, programs, and initiatives that support families and advance women. And now we are continuing this series as we dig deeper into how companies exemplify this. So today we are spotlighting Lendio, one of our 100 Utah companies. Lendio is revolutionizing small business lending through small business finance, being a business loan marketplace, to bookkeeping, and much more. I am pleased to welcome Brock Blake, who is the CEO, and Faith Barella, the Senior Director of Human Resources. Welcome to both of you today. Thank Thank you you so much. We're so glad to be here, Dr. Madsen. Appreciate you having us here. Great. Varak, would you start and just take a few minutes and introduce us to your company? We would love our listeners to just learn more about what you do and and the makeup of your company. Sure. First of all, just thank you. It's God's work what you're doing here in the state of Utah, and we um, cheer you on. We're grateful for the work that you do and and want you to know that that there's many uh, people that are looking and following your leadership uh, for our uh, women and girls in the state. Uh, So Lendio is a marketplace for small business loans. So what does that mean? We help small business owners across the United States get access to capital, uh, loan capital. So think of a restaurant owner, a landscaper, a dry cleaner, they need 25 or 50 or $200,000 to, um, to grow their business or expand or buy equipment or hire employees. And they could go on their own, bank to bank to bank, applying for a loan, getting their credit pulled and sometimes getting, you know, getting declined. Uh, instead, what we've done, we've created a, an online platform where a business owner can go to one place, fill out their application, and then get access to many lenders and many loan options and comparison shop those loan options to determine, you know, to find the best rate, the best term, the payment amount, all of that, and, and get the product that they need. So we talk about our vision is a, a world where small business owners survive and thrive. So we decrease the failure ratio, increase the success ratio. We're very, very passionate about small business in Main Street America. I love that, that uh, survive and thrive, because it's so true as we look at, you know, I've done reports uh, with Anne-Marie Wallace, who runs the Women's Business Center of Utah on women's failure rate, uh, yeah, men's too, right, in businesses and success rate. And that that's a reality, just surviving, especially after the first year. No question. Um, we all know there's high, there's statistics, very, very high failure rate amongst startups and entrepreneurs. And so much of the business owner's mental and emotional toll is comes from like, I just need to like survive. I'm trying to get through that first year and taking that emotion and, and, and packaging that and helping our team feel that empathy for that customer and say, okay, we're going to help them to, to increase their survivability and hopefully get it to a point where now it's 
not about survival. Now it's about thriving and now it's about growth and expanding and things like that. So it is, it is uh, definitely what, what drives us and brings, attracts team members to be a part of that mission. Thank you so much. And Faith, a few questions about that um, as moving forward. How long has the company been in existence? How many employees do you have? And what is the percentage of male and female employees? So we've been in business since 2011. And so we celebrated our 10 year anniversary last year, which was a really nice celebration for a lot of folks here. You know, there's a lot of original team members and they take a lot of pride in the fact that they've been here since day one. Um, We have just under about 500 employees, of which 32% are female, um, which, you know, we take a lot of pride in that because we've actually increased that percentage year over year. And, you know, there's times we take dips, but we also try to keep it up there. Um, And we work really hard to try to specifically target um, women in tech and also just women in general in the business world to try to uh, attract them and bring them into our company. I mean, we've had some really successful, um, well, I should say our recruiting team has done a really nice job in, (laughs) they really have. We have some sorcerers that do an amazing job that go out and find these really strong female leaders I mean, really just some some talented females to try to bring them over to our company and, you know, really just sell them on helping them understand what our company does. And, you know, really that mission is what's so important to all of us um, and really what keeps us here and, you know, makes us want to stay. And that's that uh, helps us understand one of the reasons that you're really talking, we're talking today, because you have implemented some of those family-friendly practices and things to try and uh, programs and initiatives to try and advance women. So, so Faith, why don't you start out on our second question? When you submitted your application to be considered one of those 100 companies that champion women here in the state of Utah, you mentioned some of the family-friendly practices or policies that you've implemented at your company. Share some. Let's start by having you share some of the ones that are more established and and why do you, why you offer them. Um, sure. We have, you know, we've implemented a maternity paternity leave um, that allows females not only post birth, but if they've also their adoptive parents, we allow them to take up to 12 weeks of time off, you know, for the bonding of the baby or the children. We also have flexible work arrangements. So we have hybrid schedules. Those are already established. We have a lot of people that have been able to take advantage of that. But we're also working on, you know, future oriented, some other things to add on to that. And that is to have some flexible work arrangements. Once the 12 weeks is up, you know, how do we get them warmly back introduced? Maybe that's, you know, less hours um, initially until they are able to return to work fully. Oh, and Faith, real quick, when you say the flexible work arrangements, oftentimes they're divided into flexible hours or flexible location or flexible this and that. So tell us a little bit more about that. Sure. Um, it's a combination of both. You know, there we do have many um, roles within the company that allow folks to work remotely. So we try to give them that opportunity or even just have some established days in the office. You know, we have some folks that recently returned and they work, you know, two to three days in office and then a couple of days from work from home in order to allow them to kind of get reintroduced into the workplace, but still be able to have their family life that they've established outside of the company as well. 
Well, COVID pushed us all, right? Pushed us all to reimagine. I have to say that many years ago, I I did a dissertation, we're talking decades ago in Minnesota on on work life. I used to teach that for the University of Minnesota, but on telecommuting and work and family conflict. And I moved to Utah and we were like at least 15 to 20 years behind uh, Utah. But the pandemic has shifted us forward on that. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, Brock, yeah, any other comments uh, about that or about any of the other uh, programs that you have implemented? Yeah, I think a couple of things that have been really important for us and Faith has done a great job leading this is the pay parity analysis across, um, you know, male, female, but also different roles and same pay for same work and all of those types of things. You know, we have the expected mother's parking spots and the yeah. and the feminine hygiene products and all the, the stocked in the restrooms free of cost and, and some of those things. I love, personally, I love, you know, we do a Ladies of Lindio lunch where I, I think I'm the only male that's uh, invited. I don't know if they want me there or if I'm like forced myself in the room, but but those are those are fun. And then I, I uh, we also um, on a regular basis do uh, uh, basically focus groups with our Lindio ladies um, where we have an opportunity to, to hear what's working and what's not working and just really listen. So, you know, I think, those are some of the things that uh, we're passionate about. Let me let me go ahead and and come back to your pair, your pay parity because that's a big deal in the state of Utah. In general, though, how how do you do that? Because because some companies I've talked to kind of have their own system, and some um, have it designed specifically for them, and some use Parity.org. They have a, an awesome system where, you know, you can analyze it through their data. So what track, you know, how, how are you doing that? Well, so, um, and I'll let Faith jump in on this as well. So what we've done is we've gone and evaluated for every, every department, the different levels of, of roles, whether it's a manager or director, or senior director and those things. And for all the various positions, and then are evaluating, you know, in like roles for like positions, kind of without the name or gender attached to okay. it, to be able to do analysis of, you know, are there gaps and is there, you know, are there miss uh, where we're off, up or down or other things like that, and then use that to be able to kind of come back and make recommendations for individuals so that it's fair. There's some parity there. I expect you do oh, that by like department and area of the company as well. So it's, right. you try to get it apples to apples, correct? Yeah. I, and I don't know if there's a perfect way to do it or a perfect scenario, right? But but doing our best and doing that regularly so that we're holding ourselves accountable to you know the best practices possible. Yeah. Faith, anything else you wanted to add on that? Because you're probably the one running the numbers (laughs) (laughs) or the analysis. No, I think Brock did a really good job explaining it. Um, You know, we do have a financial analyst that actually helps us put the numbers together, kind of look at the comparative data to understand where we might have pockets of opportunities. Um, One of the things I would say is when we did it initially, you know, there was a lot of questions about, hey, are we ever going to look at pay parity? And so when we did it, we expected actually to see a much worse scenario than we did. And really, realistically, I think as an organization, we've done a really nice job where we had relatively few pockets. And even those that we have had, we've been able to sit down with the leader and come up with a good strategy on how do we address it. 
That's awesome. It, it takes, it really takes staying on top of it. It does. Um, because mm-hmm. we know from the research, you know, in, in Utah, by the way, we, we get pushback all the time. Like it's a myth. There's really not a pay gap. Um, and it's like, there is a pay gap. <laughs> We're the worst in the nation. However, it's complex. Yeah. It's super yes. complex. But yeah. what we know from the research is even if you take everything kind of wade through it, there is this pure discrimination, which is higher typically in states like Utah that tend to be super conservative and religious. And so so I like that you do this on a regular basis. I'm assuming that's at least once a year, but maybe even, even more um, to just keep on top of that because our biases will kind of come through. So um, yeah, any other things you're playing with in terms of as you're talking, Barack, you said that you do focus groups with with these uh, ladies of Lendio, Lendio ladies, whatever one. That's right. And, you know, I can't remember right. which way it was. Maybe. And are, are there? Have you gotten feedback and things that you're just thinking of that you're going to go in a specific direction? Yeah. So you know, I I would just say, you know, we I by being on this podcast, I don't want it to come across like we've got the answers figured out, right? We we Nobody are learning just point. like right. We're just learning like everyone else, but we're passionate about the topic, and and we are putting in um, the efforts to to um, you know enable and promote and retain and I mean our the women at, at Lendio, and you know so as we as we've talked about that, you know the 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 question is like. Like, let's just, let's start with listening, like what, and, mm-hmm. and create candid uh, opportunities where women can give us feedback around what's working and what's not working and, and do it in a way where they're, they're, they're it's anonymous, if they, they feel more comfortable to be, and so we've done a couple of these focus groups now, and, you know, we've got, you know, a couple pages of, of really feedback around Hey, here are the things that we're doing great that we should continue doing. And here are the areas that, you know, we're, we're a little bit concerned on and we need to change. And here are the areas that we need to improve. And that's been really, really helpful for us. One of the things that has come out of that is, or I'll, I'll highlight two. Number one is the, the desire for mentoring. And uh, we've heard that very consistently. And especially as they see other women in leadership positions that have been successful and, and um, to be able to get input and feedback and collaborate, even though it may not be in my same department, I want to, I want that mentoring around career and, and navigating through situations and stuff like that. So that's an area that I would say is aspirational for us. We are wanting to do that um, because we've received good feedback. The second thing is, you know, I would say, Three or four years ago, most of our town halls and everything, like it was, it was white males standing up in front of the group talking about all the different areas in the business and 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 whatnot. And and so we've been very conscious to think about not just diversity, male, female, but diversity across the organization of who who's who's running the different areas of the business, um, who's speaking at those uh, town halls and highlighting areas of the business. Mm-hmm. When you look around the room in a meeting, do you have the right representation uh, in the room and starting to be conscious of, of some of those things? In addition to the other, you know, kind of feedback, uh, and there's been like more detailed feedback around 
you know, in sales, that's more predominantly male, the way that they they talk and interact and and how do you create an environment where it's going to be more inviting for a a woman to be successful. So these feedback sessions have been incredible. They are a gift. We, and we're trying to take that and prioritize and how can we, you know, every, you know, month, every quarter, just to be a little bit better to create an environment where women thrive. That's that's so interesting. The sales uh, part is is typically masculine, and what I call a lot of our organizations in the state of Utah, there's invisible masculine cultures. So yeah. men don't often see them, and actually, a lot of women don't either. When they leave a company, though, they can't put their finger on it, but sometimes they'll say, "Well, I just don't belong," and I'm like, "That's because it's a masculine culture." So you know, challenging yourself and challenging ourselves to look at that is important. Faith, what would you like to add? Um, no, I, I, I'd say also, you know, the fact that we are aware and the awareness is the most critical part. You know, I feel like as an organization, I'm very proud of the fact that we're 32% female, particularly considering we're in Utah County. We're also just in Utah in general. There just aren't a lot of females that are not only willing to be in the professional space, but even professional leaders and in a sales organization. So when we do find them, like we really want to hang on to them because we know they're rare. It's a rare gem in this, you know, in our state, it's a rare gem really in the area that we're in. So Really do you feel like do you feel like it's it's starting to shift? I mean, Brock talked about aspirations. I was intrigued with that because even in five years ago, there weren't as many women that were maybe junior or entry level that even wanted to be leaders. But are you seeing any change even in the last couple of years? I mean, COVID has kind of thrown right. us off, but but, but yeah, um, no, I would agree. I think that there are um, the fact that we even have. You know, we have events like Women in Tech, which do include a lot of leaders. Like to us, that's very exciting because that means there is more interest there. And that's very helpful for us because those are the people we're looking for. Those are the people we'd love to have join our organization, help take us to another level. That's great. And I know there's a Utah Women in Sales group now, too. Yes. So yeah. that's, uh, you know, just having women in sales there's so few of them at at first. And it's it, interesting to see companies, once they get a few women in sales, their sales department, then it's easier to recruit more women, right? That's Have right. you seen that? It is. It's kind of chicken and egg. And you want to know what? I, I want to make sure this isn't a check the box thing for us. This is no. really, I mean, the, the women's um, that, that, that we have on our sales team are, are like, incredible sales performers they're they're at or near the top of the 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 group every single month and and same thing with engineering engineering is another area where it's more challenging to be able to recruit and find um women in in engineering but um the women that we have in 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 our engineering department and the managers we have are best managers in engineering They're, they're very good and I love the the different perspective as they're talking to customers and the way they think about it and and the way that um, you know the different talents feed off each other. So we are better as an organization and and we we're confident in that. And so it's like okay, how do we think about? To your point earlier, you're saying you know sometimes sales is a masculine kind of center without you even or culture without you even realizing it, just infused. And part of these focus groups is for us to be able to talk about and call out like there were things that they said 
you know, even the way we celebrate hitting goals and stuff is it, with a masculine tone. And I was like, that's what we do. Right. That's, yes. I didn't even think about that. Right. Sports, sports and war and all kinds of things. Yeah. Yes. It's, and I'm the worst. I'm the worst at it. I'm always doing, I'm, I'm, I'm always doing sports analogies and literally in the last like six to 12 months, and I have such a long ways to go, but I'm, I'm always seeking. Don't use a sports analogy, figure out a different analogy. I'm all, you know, I'm challenging myself to, to change and, you know, sometimes. Or mix it up know, at least. Maybe, maybe right? some of that, but mix, mix it up a, a little bit. Yeah. I, I think that's important, you know, and, and some celebrations organizations are just having the option of let's, let's take a day and go golfing. And it's yeah. like, that's gender. Although I like golf, some women like golf. I, you know, I was raised playing sports with six brothers. So I like a lot of things, but generally speaking, that doesn't, uh, you know, uh, connect or resonate. Right. Yeah. And not all men either. So, that's so true. that's, that's really important. Um, one of the things I would expect is a lot of companies are starting to think about it is, it's on your list. That's not a checklist. I see that you've got some deeper things, but, but to do some real work with men on how to be male allies. And honestly, for, for women on how to be allies to women of color, I've been working on that too with myself. Right. Yeah. I would love to, it's about time to wrap up, but what final advice would you give to other business owners and leaders based on your experiences with these offerings? I think, Brock, you started going into that advice that, that you're seeing that it really does make a difference to have that pers different perspective. Why don't you start and then we'll have Faith give her advice. Yeah. And, and again, I'll just restate that, you know, we're, we're learning and adapting and trying to do our best. You know, we've, we've had, you know, as I think about are the women that are been senior leaders at Lendio, um, some that we've, that have moved on from Lendio into like one just got promoted or hired as a CEO of an organization. And I'm oh, like cheering awesome. from the sidelines, celebrating her. And another one that we had was regrettable loss. Like, you know, and I'm, I'm looking back learning, like, what could I have done better? What could we have done better as an organization? And, and, you know, I think the first, uh, you know, so recommendations that I have just from learning experiences that I've had is, is really listening. And the first, the first thing is like, is this, is this important? And, and why it can't just be, a, I need to do it because this, you know, I'm checking a box. Like, what is the re what's the motivation that you're trying to grow and learn as an organization and embrace your women talent to to be able to thrive in your organization and so i think that was step one for us step two is okay now what what can we do to make sure that our, our women feel comfortable that they do have a clear path for growth and leadership and that they can be successful and then listen and then implement and then listen and then implement and you know, and sometimes us, we are kind of hard headed and we have a hard time listening, but um, it's uh, I, I've been grateful for the candor that, that we've received on opportunities to, to grow and improve and, and excited, you know, about we've made progress and, and excited about the, the future progress that we will continue to make. Thank you so much, Faith. I would tell you the, the best thing they could do is ask. 
I mean, literally, like if you're willing to ask the question of the females that you have in your organization, they're willing to give you the answers. You just have to make it a safe space for them to give you those answers, right? Once you do that, I think you find out that you can open up a whole world of opportunities for yourself as an organization. Um, and that's something I feel like, you know, Brock and team have done really well here with making us all feel very safe that we can be that open and have that conversation. Thanks to our guests, Brock Blake and Faith Barella from Lendio. And thank you as listeners for taking the time to join us today on this podcast episode hosted by the Utah Women in Leadership Project at Utah State University in partnership with Utah Public Radio, USU Extension, and the John M. Huntsman School of Business. And a special thanks to Denise Call, our producer. To learn more about our research, resources, and events, please visit us at utwomen.org and visit inutah.org to learn more about other companies that champion women and the Inspire Utah campaign more broadly. Thank you.